Recently, and also sadly, there are a lot of mental health problems which are growing within spirituality. Now, why is this? This all comes back to a lack of training within a lot of the spiritual paths, and also people not being discerning with what teachers and gurus they actually follow. And this is actually a lack of, also a lack of responsibility on those gurus and those teachers who lead people down blind alleys without really ever giving those people true liberation. And this is kind of counter to what a lot of spiritual paths promise. You know, obviously within the East, which is my forte, is obviously liberation, moksha, mukti, nirvana, this, this promise. But when these spiritual paths are tainted and the teacher themselves don't really understand the path, then we cannot expect the students to actually experience liberation. Now this has been happening for quite some time and not many people actually speak out about this. You know, there are a few here and there who might write an article about certain gurus and spiritual teachers who are leading their students down blind alleys. But no one has really addressed this problem of mental health within spirituality. So I want to address that today with you. So when we look at a lot of people who follow, let's say Advaita Vedanta, for example, they will follow it and they will practice self-inquiry, vicharya, and they will practice this without any sort of formal training in Vedanta. Now this is kind of, well, it's, it's naive on their part, but it's really silly. And this is the responsibility of the guru and the teacher that should be actually teaching them. But sadly, a lot of these teachers don't really understand Vedanta. And a lot of this began within the people who were in the crowd when Papaji was around in the 90s because a lot of spiritual teachers or so-called spiritual teachers have come from this crowd. And what has happened around the world is that they've taken this kind of neo-advaita approach which doesn't include any of the core tenets of actually of Advaita Vedanta. So if I mention to a lot of these students, if I mention to them karma, vasanas, samskaras, if I mention to them vivika, vairagya, all of these sorts of core Sanskrit words which you need to understand to understand the philosophy a bit deeper, and that's only really scratching the surface here, I'm talking about just scratching the surface, then you can't really practice self-inquiry because First, when you are trained specifically in Vedanta, you learn the core philosophical tenets of the tradition. Because you need to understand actually what the Atman is, what the self is, so then that you can understand also what the Brahman is. So you need to have this discernment, this Viveka, in understanding what these are. But people aren't trained like this. People might go to a guru or spiritual teacher in the West and they will tell them who is the one who is speaking now and, and so forth and so on. So they might wax lyrical with these phrases that they heard from their own teacher, which probably wasn't specifically trained either, which is a problem. So then you've got all of these people following these people, following these so-called gurus and teachers who themselves aren't trained in Vedanta or even in some schools of Buddhism and, and also Taoism. And then the people just learn their habits. They learn their way of doing things. And so when they think of the self, they don't understand that the self itself is undifferentiated consciousness, 
which is the Atman. It's not some sort of um, a heightened state of consciousness in some sense that would be more related to ego enhancement or the enhancement of oneself. And so people don't understand then that when they're dealing with, so, so for example, when they're dealing with a practice like self-inquiry, they find it hard to deal with their personality in practicing with that because they're not specifically trained. And this means that they don't understand some of the core tools such as Viveka, discernment, and Vairagya, mean dispassion or non-reactiveness. And so they're not specifically trained within themselves in that meditative state. So, you know, they'll go from zero to 100 very quickly. You know, they'll be in pure being and then you stand on their toes and then next minute their hands around your throat. <laughs> so, and that's to be expected because they're not trained properly, you know. So, and this gets worse and worse and worse down the line. And when I say mental health problems, I mean the worst of them. I'm talking about depression, chronic anxiety and stress, and unfortunately, suicide. There are a lot of cases where people have killed themselves. And I don't want to speculate as to why exactly why that person killed themselves because I don't know them personally, but I know the people that they had been involved with and the teachings that they were learning from those gurus and spiritual teachers. And we can speculate or we can kind of, you know, intuit that it had a lot to do with it. And I have been in some of these circles when I was a bit younger and I can tell you, some people do flip out. They do sort of lose their psychological center because they're not training properly in the traditions. You know, there's one guy, I don't want to name any names, but there's a couple that, especially if we look at, especially America and Europe, there's a lot of these gurus, especially ones that came from the Papaji crowd in the 90s, but there's also some younger ones, even younger than myself, that are kind of proclaiming to be a guru and that they've realized the self and but they don't know anything about Vedanta they don't know any training if I mentioned half of the words that I know they'd be like that doesn't matter just be the self they were just you know wax lyrical and it's just all nonsense and so you know there's one young guy he was in America and now he's back in Europe and we went back to Europe because someone killed himself within the the group and he's got this kind of this cult built around him it's 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 very sad because this guy especially he went to Tiruvannamalai once and he was you know he's very eager to be somebody you know he's very eager to be a guru and so he was doing all of the things that he was mimicking Ramana basically and the problem is in somewhere like Tiruvannamalai where you get a lot of people who are serious about Advaita Vedanta and following the teachings of Ramana Maharishi everyone was kind of like Who's this guy? <laughs> so, so it didn't work there, but you know, it obviously worked in America and, and Europe, and he's had a lot of success. You know, success being, you know, people who have crowded around him, and he's got a lot of attention from them, and obviously making a lot of money from them too. But because he doesn't know the traditions properly, he doesn't even. If he even explained Advaita Vedanta to him, he probably don't even understand it. He probably just read one book about Ramana Maharishi and just thinks that he knows everything. And this is a problem. One teacher that I was actually fairly close to, who's actually been promiscuous with, you know, especially young ladies. And, and so this is a problem when 
especially the teacher is not trained. So if the teacher is not trained, it's easy for them to lose their center, their psychological center I'm talking about here, and then they can drift off into their primal urges and they can be promiscuous, sexually promiscuous with people. And don't get me wrong here, I'm not just talking about males, you know. I know a few female gurus that have taken the liberty to make a lot of sexual advances on young men and it's accepted within these groups because there is this illusion that the guru has kind of fooled the followers into believing that they are a Bhagavan, they are a spokesman for Brahman. And so they in a sense are preying on the innocent, preying on the people who are naive and so they're preying on those people. And this is a big problem. We need to have a level of discernment when we're around a teacher. Maybe it's just been myself, but every time I was around teachers, I always had a pretty good level of discernment with their understanding. Maybe it's because I, I had always been studying those traditions as well. But, you know, for example, like if I'm around Swamis, particularly part of the actual Vedanta order, you know, I would especially recommend someone like Swami Priyananda and those people that are from that Shankara lineage of Advaita Vedanta, non-dualism. So you have to really have a level of discernment. And if you are interested in, especially Eastern spirituality, I can't say much for the West, for Western religions or spiritual paths, but I can say for Eastern spirituality, if you are interested in those sorts of paths, make sure when you are inquiring into a teacher, you kind of get a sense of their history. You get a sense of, their lineage like are they connected to a certain tradition have they been passed on knowledge from a certain teacher that you would think is worthy of the title guru say if you were looking in the path of buddhism has that individual that you kind of have an affinity with that teacher do they kind of have a connection to a lineage and history of buddhism are they connected to a teacher that is reputable and so these are things you need to ask yourself i would warn people to just fall into a lot of these new age gurus around the world who are proclaiming to be a guru, but it's just a self-proclamation. They are just self-proclaimed gurus. They are not connected to any lineage. I would be very, very careful if I was any of you for following these ones. Even the most popular out there, there is a lot of really popular gurus who have millions of followers who don't have a specific lineage and then you can see certain tendencies play out in their private lives that a lot of people know about but kind of turn the blind eye because they consider them a Bhagavan. They consider them a spokesman for Brahman. So definitely be careful of this. Now if you're serious about spirituality then I would say find a good teacher and if you find a good teacher then these problems of mental health issues won't occur because you will be trained properly. And these traditions are very detailed. There's thousands of years of work that's gone into these traditions. You know, and I'm not exaggerating here, thousands of years. If we look at Vedanta and Samkhya and Yoga, or if we look at Taoism and Buddhism, these go back thousands of years. And you know, according to Indians, if we're talking about Hindu paths, they're going back 5,000, 6,000, you know, it gets kind of crazy. But there's thousands of years of work that's gone into these traditions to avoid these pitfalls of mental health problems and psychological cracks where people might end up with schizophrenia or, or so forth and so on. I, I have heard of a few cases in Europe from a so-called guru who tells people to follow self-inquiry in an incorrect manner because they don't have the tools or the mental framework to understand that properly. And 
some people unfortunately become schizophrenic and this means that they have not learned the actual tradition they've just learned from someone who's half baked it and just regurgitated it because they might have read a book from Ramana Maharishi or they might have sat with a guru for one day and the guru said that they are not this person and they think they're enlightened after that. We all know that that's not true because we are all human and we understand the mechanisms of the mind. And so to avoid all that, to avoid all that, find a good teacher and also read books with a level of discernment. If you're going to read books by some of the great gurus and great teachers, if you're going to read books by the Buddha or Shankara or Patanjali, or you're going to read more recent gurus like Ramana Maharishi, or you know, even if you're going to follow gurus in the modern world, make sure you have a level of discernment because you don't want to be led down the garden path and the next minute you come out of following a guru or, or a teaching for a certain amount of time and you're a little whoop-de-woo, you know what I mean? You don't, want to, you don't want to do that. You want to understand the teachings properly and then being able to liberate yourself and to hopefully become a teacher yourself. You don't have to be a self-proclaimed guru. You can just be a teacher who's honest and humble or you could fall into a lineage, you know what I mean? You could become part of the Vedanta Society and you could follow Swami Sabapriyananda. You know, you could, you could follow people like this. And so you could end up part of a lineage, which would be great. You know, you could study Shankara's teachings and then you could become a great teacher. But this is not going to happen if you follow new age gurus who don't have any specific training themselves. They're just going to tell you a certain amount of what they know so that you just hang around the group and then that keeps them making money. <laughs> Sorry to be brutally honest, but that's the truth. We all know that that's the truth. And we've seen many gurus do that throughout time. And they are not actually gurus. They're not even spiritual teachers. They're nothing. They're charlatans. You know, we can be honest about it. So to avoid all this, and if you do know anyone who has had mental health problems through spirituality, then maybe tell them to watch this video and tell them to also get involved in the real teachings. Understand the actual intellectual framework before you put your mind at work. You know, this is very important. We're interesting creatures, you know. We're not like animals. We have this ability to merge theory and practice. And this is what is important. If we don't have the theory, then our practice is bunk. But if we're all theory and no practice, we just become a head case. <laughs> so remember, theory and practice is very important. Now, the way that you should be learning is you should be learning the philosophical tenets of the spiritual tradition that you're attracted to. So the theory comes first, which will tell you how to practice properly, how to understand the experiences that you're experiencing, but also to let you be a human as well. You know what I mean? We need to remember that we are still human, even if you become a Jivan Mukta or a Bodhisattva or you know some great teacher, you are still a human as well and you don't lose your psychological faculties and your mentality, you still have that. You've just loosened the grip on this separate, isolated person that you've always bought into, that you believed who was yourself. So remember, when a guru is telling you who is not specifically trained, who is the I and waxing lyrical like this, and then you follow them, you're playing this game within your mind without 
the philosophical framework of understanding. You don't understand the words of jiva, you don't know what jiva means, you don't know what atman means, you don't know what vivika, vairagya, karma, vasanas, samskaras, nirvana, moksha, mukti, all of this. You don't understand any of these core tenets of the traditions. And so when you're practicing this mind game, it just becomes an intellectual game that just ends up in a psychological cul-de-sac where you begin to feel depression, anxiety, stress. Sometimes someone might experience schizophrenia, unfortunately. And in the worst case scenario, as we've seen, people have committed suicide. So I want people to avoid this. We need to avoid this. And so I hope you've you really listened to what I've said today because I can only speak from what I know about this and what I've experienced in the last 10 to 15 years of people having these experiences and a lot of people wondering why some people have these experiences, especially who are outside of the, the loop, so to speak, outside of the people who are within these groups around certain gurus. And so this is why I always tell people, man, if you're going to follow the Eastern paths, go to India, go to China, go to these places that where they came from, go to Southeast Asia, go to these places and experience the cognition of that place, experience the culture of that specific place. Don't just read a book and listen to a guru and think that you've understood it. You actually have to go there and experience it to understand the mind that it came from. This is what's important. And when you do that, that culture will actually affect you and that the teachings will sink a little bit deeper within yourself. And then that other work of, you know, reading more of the scriptures and, and also finding an authentic teacher will begin to, you know, nourish you a lot more. And you'll begin to marinate within those teachings a lot better if you understand those traditions because you've, you've been intimate with those traditions as well. You need to really put the work in. You can't just read a book or sit in one satsang and think that you know it and that you're liberated. This is not true. And if you see people carrying on like this, then keep a level discernment and just kindly and politely move on because it's not authentic. And you know, I've seen a lot of that, especially if you go to Tiruvannamalai, you'll see a lot of that. I've spent years in Tiruvannamalai. It's one of my favorite places in the world because of Ramana Maharishi and the Advaita Vedanta tradition. But when you're there, my wife and I will go to the restaurants and then there's, there's a smorgasbord on the notice board of new people holding satsangs, just random people. <laughs> random people holding satsangs. And then you go there and all they do is they sit there and they just stare at you. As if they're the self, as if they're the pure awareness. And it's just a show. If you were the pure awareness, if you were the self, if you were residing in self, why would you need to have satsang? <laughs> the way it used to work in the old days is satsang would naturally gravitate around you as what happened with Ramana Maharishi as what happened with Shankara as what happened with Gautama the Buddha no one sent out a memo I'm having satsang everyone better turn up because I'm just going to stare at you this is not how it works and so I kindly and politely just stand up and walk out of the satsang when I see someone who is carrying on like that and trying to pretend they are the self it's just a show. So keep that level of discernment. When you see something as radical as those sorts of experiences that I just explained, then just kindly and politely move on. And remember that the Eastern traditions especially are not there for you to become somebody. They're there to liberate you from your personality that you've got a firm grip on and that you suffer from. 
So keep that in mind and don't make this an internal game where you are playing this game. Is that, is that my ego or is that the self talking? Don't, don't get into this, don't get into this game. Understand the traditions first. Understand the traditions first. Study first and practice second. And then continue to study and practice in unison and it's just a beautiful dance. It's the dance of Shiva. You're just in the groove of life. You're just moving with life as life. You haven't kind of divorced yourself from life because a guru told you to do so. So I hope you understand and take a lot away from this today because it is a pressing concern and a lot of people are concerned about it but aren't speaking up, especially a lot of teachers that I know, authentic teachers. They're probably a little bit more, not as forthcoming as myself, but I, I felt that I need to address this because a lot of people ask me about this and it has to be addressed. So I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, make sure you've, you like, subscribed, turn on the bell notifications, all of those things. Make sure you visit my Patreon page if you want to contribute to this channel, if you think that the content is worthy of a contribution. That will go towards you know future production and also many more content that I'm working on. And so, yeah, you know, make sure, keep a level of discernment. Make sure that you're not just following a guru or teacher because everyone else is. Keep that level of discernment. Make sure you understand what's their lineage, what tradition are they tied to. Are they neo-advisor? They're not traditional advisor. Best to stay away. So I hope you all enjoyed and enjoy your practice, enjoy your study. Don't be concerned about if you are an ego or if you are the self or you know any of this stuff. Don't make it an intellectual game. Shanti, shanti, shanti.